action. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cosmic Car Wash podcast. Um, I am Paul Daly. With me is my very good friend, Rick Kaiser. Hello. Um, I am uh, in what is currently Brisk, southwest Michigan. And Rick, you're over there in the, uh, what do you call it, the Emerald Forest? Not really the Emerald Forest right now, but south yeah. Virginia. More of the rusty forest, south side Virginia. But it was 60 degrees this morning, so. Oh, nice. <clears throat> I'll take it. And it's sunny and yeah. beautiful out. Excellent. Well, it's exciting to be back. Um, gosh, I feel like it's it's been a while. I looked back and our last recording was uh, early December and last year. <laughs> and uh, the holidays as they were for everybody, I'm sure, uh, busy for both of us. And so rather than try to do this halfway or right. uh, put out something that we didn't pour over and really put our hearts into, we decided it would be better to wait. And... Uh, so, yeah, and the other exciting thing that's happened, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, a really cool thing now, the uh, Cosmic Car Wash podcast is on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Amazon, it's on Google, it's on iHeartRadio, wow. and I've started uploading our previous episodes and we'll continue to upload more, but yeah, now if... Uh, if uh, YouTube is not your preferred uh, platform for uh, taking in uh, things like this, you've got other options. To, to, and hopefully, I'm really hoping that this will grow our listener base. Um, and I know you'll agree with me, Rick, not so that uh, we can make a name for ourselves, but we want to get the message of Eden, the message of the great renewal, and the, the message of the kingdom of God out there for everyone. Yes, so absolutely. That's the goal. Yeah. The click that cannot yeah. be unclicked. So Yes, it yeah. has absolutely changed our lives. Yes. And I know it will do the same for, for everybody that uh, embraces yeah. it. So Cool. Well, so we're calling this one uh, Babylon or Eden. And this one came from a, a comment that you made in one of our devotionals that we were doing, Rick, and it just blew me away. I'm like, you're absolutely right that... Eden without the presence of God, without God at the center, is Babylon. And I was like, that's absolutely it, because Babylon is all about wealth and prosperity and, you know, making a great name for ourselves. And it's it, it has the outward appearance of Eden, all of the blessing that comes with Eden. But instead of God at the center, it's us. So, Rick, you were the one that kind of got this thought started. If you kind of would, you know, expand on that and kind of let us know what you were thinking as you were working through that and how that came to you. I would love to hear more. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. Um, yeah, we've been talking a lot about it. And, um, uh, gosh, I, I spent the last couple of days just kind of looking doing a little bit of research and a few shallow dives. Of course, I love Tim Mackey and John Collins and the Bible Project and what they're yes. doing and the information and all the research they do. Their podcasts are just incredible and their videos. And, uh, but I, you know, I did some, I found some stuff on actual Babylon before getting into Eden because Eden is paradise. Um, but Babylon uh, translates as the gate of God. Mm. which is very interesting. And uh, it became a world empire in 612 BC <clears throat> when it sacked Nineveh and defeated the Assyrians, 
reached its peak of power in 560 BC, and 21 years later, it was destroyed by the Persians under King Cyrus. Uh, the name Babylon is derived from the Akkadian word uh, Babalu. <laughs> I'm sure it's not pronounced that way, meaning gate of God. It is an, it, and this is taken from the, the internet, so it's got to be true. It is an evident counterfeit of God's eternal city, the opposition to the rule of God by world powers or the exile of God's people from the land of blessing is conveyed properly through the metaphor of Babylon, uh -huh. which is interesting because a lot of people and theologians and historians thought Babylon was just a myth or a mystery. <clears throat> and, uh, but uh, not long ago, uh, they discovered that it is, uh, where did I see that at? I've got it somewhere in my notes. Um, and I was just looking at it. Oh, yeah. Believers in the authenticity of the Bible have always believed there was a city called Babylon, but many in the academic world thought it was fictitious. Today, the ruins of what we know as Babylon are in Iraq, 59 miles southwest of Baghdad. And oh. Peter is believed to have preached um, Babylon. In 1 Peter 5.13, it says, The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, salute you, and so does Mark, my son. Uh, the apostle Peter not only preached in the city, but the possibility exists he died a martyr's death in it. <clears throat> so, um, I, yeah, I did more of a deep dive on Babylon and just some of the things that jumped out at me, um, you know, for a lot of years. And then, you know, Babylon basically just disappears. And then, um, right. you know, a handful of places that it's mentioned in the Bible. And then it uh, reappears again in Revelation. And Babylon is, you know, call her the hoe. She's a whore. Um, That's what that says. <laughs> yeah, I know. And um, uh, the uh, Babylon is the complete abandonment of morality amidst the presence of God, ab amidst the absence of God. I'm sorry. Let me clarify that again. Babylon is the complete abandonment of morality amidst the absence of God, yet still desires heaven on earth, but only for the prestige and the benefits of power without rule. Um, oh. Babylon wants the kingdom without the king. And I started thinking about, um, you sent me a video a while back about that guy. It was a short one about the Tower of Babel and how mm -hmm. a lot of people believe that the people were trying to reach heaven and his right. perspective was that they were trying to pull heaven down. To, yeah. Um, I'm sure you were going to touch on that, correct? I would like to, yeah. 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 Well, why don't I kick the ball your way and let you take it? I got a few other things we can talk about too, but we'll just segue into into that little piece. Sure, yeah. So it was um, a professor, and his name escapes me now. I apologize for that, but uh, – uh, from Wheaton Bible College in uh, Wheaton, Illinois. And he was talking about some cultural insights and things that we understand about the Tower of Babel based on culture and history. Um, you know, there's certainly a lot of like spiritual uh, interpretations of Babylon and everything, but he was coming at it from the culture and historical aspect. And it's always been thought that um, people gathered together and started to build the Tower of Babel in order to reach the heavens. And he said, actually, um, the there were other places in the ancient world 
where they tried to do similar things. And the, the cultural and historical thinking was always not that we want to ascend to heaven, but we want to bring, we want to bring the spiritual world down. Mm. And I thought, you know, that's another kind of way that Babylon becomes the shadow copy of Eden is that, uh, it's God's intent. You know, you and I have talked about this extensively, uh, that it's God's intent for his presence to come down. We now know that we're not going to be raptured off the planet and swept away to heaven, but heaven is coming to earth. Right. That's the gospel that Jesus preached. That's the gospel that his apostles preached. And up until just the last couple hundred years, that's how right. uh, the coming of the kingdom of God was interpreted. And I just thought that was really profound. But the interesting thing about Babel, and this is more widely talked about when we talk about Babel, is God's commission to Adam and Eve was to tend and care for the garden and then go out and all the world be fruitful and multiply to scatter right. and carry the kingdom of God with them. And the, the Tower of Babel, their stated intent was to stay in one place and make a name for themselves. And so it was a direct refute to the command of God, almost like saying, we want the blessings of heaven. We want that, that blessing to come down from God, but we don't want to have anything to do with God himself or his commands and how we should live our lives. So I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty profound. Yeah. They, yeah, it, it was the man's attempt to elevate their honor, their name and their power to the place of God. And um, <clears throat> as, uh, you know, glitzy and glamorous as Babylon, um, you know, appears in a lot of instances, it is uh, the seedy underbelly is violence. It is a yeah. violent kingdom. And it's interesting. I was listening again to the podcast and, uh, you know, the two main trees in the garden, you're right. The whole plan, the original plan for mankind, Adam and Eve, was not to live in this little garden, but it was going to expand and cover the earth, the entire yes. earth, and uh, which is really cool, which is eventually going to happen. And um, but there were two trees. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life, and they were free to eat from the the tree of life, uh, just not the tree of good and evil. And from that fateful decision uh, rose out uh, in just incredible violence. And I was looking at about Cain and Lamech, Lamech or however pronounce his name. And God spoke directly to Cain. I mean, he said, why are you downcast? I mean, he's looking at his face. Why are you downcast? So yeah. I, I find it interesting that, you know, early on, you know, God is still, talking and walking with them. I mean, to the point to where he's close enough to look at Cain's face and say, Hey, hey, what's going on, man? What's troubling you? Yeah. Why the, why the long face? And, uh, you know, and he's, I, I, you know, I just, I, I guess I, that's hard for me to comprehend or comprehend, not comprehend, comprehend the fact that God is speaking directly to him concerned enough that there's something going on and then gives him advice, you know, you must rule yeah. over it. Sin wants to master you, but you can rule over it and still does kills Abel. Blood cries out from the ground and he is, he is remorseful and, um, and 
God scatters mm. it. He sends him out from wherever they were. I wonder if they were right side outside of Eden, close enough to see the garden and see where they came from. And then God says, go even further and then marks him so no one can kill him. And then not long after that, Lamech, who murders someone in the city that Cain built, which was, you know, had music and metalworking and was a prosperous city, but there, it was violent. <clears throat> and right. Lamech murders a guy and then mocks God and says, you know, if uh, Cain, you know, seven times seven, then I, I'm 70 times seven or what, however that is. I've got it written down here. Um, yeah, Cain's violence is then repeated through Lamech, who not only celebrates murder and violence, but demands the same grace and protection that Cain received, which unfortunately characterizes Cain's city and the slide into a vicious anarchy long before Babylon is ever built. And that, that's right. where it's heading is to that. Like I said, Babylon wants the kingdom without the king. And um, all from this one tree, and which began that separate, separated Adam and Eve before it separated them from God. And it yeah. really, you know, I mean, if God came along as a, you know, <clears throat> he didn't come down and beat him. I mean, he right. actually made he made a sacrifice in the garden, and you and I have talked about that. That most likely it was a lamb, and he clothed them right. with the skin of this animal, and uh, and then sent them out. And he sent them out for one reason: is if they continued to eat, they 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 would become like him, and they would never die. Right. And but they would right. bring that um, violence, and that separation, and that distrust. And that broken relationship. So um, the um, you know Babylon versus Eden. It's not really a versus, but Babylon compared to Eden. Eden. I love this. You know, the Bible says it's the cool of the day, and that word is uh, ruach. It's R U A C H. But it's, I love that the ruach, and it translates as wind, breeze, spirit, and then my favorite is breath the breath of God. And uh, it's interesting. We talked before about the, that they walked in that wind and there's so many instances of God coming in the wind. And then you jump way ahead into the new Testament on the day of Pentecost and the wind of God came and the Holy spirit, you know, with flames of fire. So he's, yeah, he's been on a rescue mission from the very beginning. So I, you know, the, as I looked into this and I looked at the historical you know, aspect of it. And um, what does, in the, you know, this is a genuine, sincere question. What does Babylon look like today as opposed to what Eden will look like? And I think, you know, you've talked many times about we are, we're outposts of Eden. And, and it's interesting is that when I was listening to a podcast um, this morning, is that, um, the tree uh, of um, life, the, the and how Jesus became the tree. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he said that, you know, I mean, the seed goes into the ground and brings forth fruit that we're called to be. We pass through that same tree, him, and we become those same seeds of eternity, of Eden. And um, yeah. so... Uh, I said all that to say, so tell me, I mean, your thoughts, just what does Babylon look like today? Like now, because apparently in Revelation, she looks like a whore. 
and she deceives the nations. And uh, I can't really get a grasp on that. I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts? I'm really curious, interested. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. Um, and I'm just a, you know, we say all the time on this podcast, we're not scholars or theologians. We're just two guys that love God. And we do spend a lot of time reflecting on scripture and really looking for the meat of it and what is God saying. So take this for what it's worth. But um, I think that Babylon is not a physical place anymore, but it's a city or it's a system that is all centered around, again, having the prosperity uh, that we are, that that is our birthright by God to have, mm. but without God in the middle of that, without God as the focus. And, you know, uh, Paul said to uh, the uh, philosophers on Mars Hill, it's in him we live and move and have our being. We want all of his stuff without his presence, mm. without the obligation to do what he said. And so um, I don't mean at all to think, to compare the United States as a nation to Babylon. I'm not saying that the United States is Babylon, but if we no. look at the things that are going on in the United States right now, what are the things that people just get furious and up in arms about is like taking care of the planet. That's a very good thing. We are called to be stewards of this world. Right. Um, people get up in arms about racial equality and undoing injustices. That's absolutely a thing that we should work for as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, um, you know, taking care of the, uh, you know, the, the poor, the downtrodden, you know, et cetera, right. et cetera. These are very Eden like causes, but we're going about all these things in our own strength. We're trying to make a name for ourselves. We're saying, I don't want anything to do with God, but right. I sure would like his prosperity, his justice, his healing of the planet, his healing of, you know, the nations. We want leaders with integrity and all these things. Hmm. But it's so we're trying to to enjoy the fruit while cutting at the root of the tree. The fruit is going to spoil if it's cut off from the root. And so, and it's not just the United States, but that's where we live. That's the news that we consume every day is things to do with our country. That's the things we're around. So that's what I see. And... um I think that's that's Babylon. It's not a place, but it's a, it's a system that is uh, aligned against God while still trying to have all the blessings that God wants us to have, you know? And we see what it's doing. Like, for all of our work toward, you know, uh, racial equality and everything through the 60s, and, you know, we're coming up on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was a very good man. With He was a godly man who wanted to see, you know, racial healing in our nation. But, you know, our country is more divided now than it's ever been, you True. know, um, and racial equality looks like doing violence to somebody else so that I can get mine. You know, um, I think my, uh, my wife and I used to live in downtown Chicago and the places that we lived and would shop uh, after we left, were completely looted, ransacked, destroyed. People were stealing because, you know, I'm owed this. And that's that Babylon mentality is I don't want anything to do with God, but I want all the the stuff. And it's just we're, we're producing more and more frustration because we're trying to live the life that God has for us without 
living life with the God who provides all those things. You're right. It comes again down to the benefits of the kingdom. I think a lot of people want, like you said, those good things. And and that's, those are noble causes, of course, sure. sure. And they're worth investing and working towards. But I, you know, thinking about the church's role in the world, and um, mm-hmm. we become silos. We become these isolated little silos, whether, you know, it's a huge silo in Dallas-Fort Worth or, you know, Southside Virginia or, you know, up Michigan where you're at. And um, we want everything to be peaceful and quiet. We want the comforts of the kingdom, but don't come back yet. Right. And what was it that um, uh, John Eldridge said? about um this the system you know if we if not daily fantasizing about the return oh, of yeah the yeah, of God, I can't yeah he that. said if we're not fantasizing every day about the return of jesus we're still trying to make this world work for us right and you know it's um this you're right you can't just call you know start calling people babylonian whores <laughs> you know right. um and, and no church, nobody's going to go to it. Well, that, you know, they probably would. If, if you had a church called the first church of the Babylonian whores, I mean, the way things are, are kind of topsy-turvy these days, they would probably have a full, they'd have to set out extra chairs, which is kind of a sad commentary. But you're right. I think that people want the rapture without the relationship. They want mm. salvation without sacrifice. Ooh. And uh, they want presence without passion Mm. we want all of those things people do without without any kind of effort we just we want that guarantee you know the guarantee that stamp that bus ticket you know to all things heavenly and glory and um and people cling fiercely to their vengeance They, they cling fiercely to judgment um you know, and unfortunately, a lot of people judge others by their actions or and themselves by their intentions. And that's easy. Yep. To, that's easy to do. Um, Eden, uh, you know, I mean, if we could kind of, you know, sum it up and the difference between the do the two <clears throat> Babylon, right, wants the glitz with and the glory without the God of the glitz and the glory and Eden um, wants the Ruach. Eden wants the breath of God and to spend eternity in that. And the more that I think about that, uh, and again, that's how we originally designed. Mankind was designed to live forever and, and, and rule the earth, you know, not as tyrants, but as, um, as sons and daughters of of God, the goodness. Yeah. I'm just was thinking here about, you know, you're talking about having God with us. Um, I'm thinking to uh, revelation where John is seeing the culmination of this chapter of our story. And he says, you know, I saw the heavenly Jerusalem coming down and there was no temple because God, was the temple god's presence was there right. and um the last some of the last words written in red in the bible uh jesus speaking to john said look i am coming soon bringing my reward with me 
to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Like, the re- we're supposed to look forward to the reward, but it's all tied with and cannot be separated from the presence of God. We have to have the King, the Lord of Eden, in order to have Eden. That You're absolutely right. <clears throat> and going back to Babylon, <clears throat> excuse me, Daniel spent the majority of his life in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And, and according to some historians, he was a boy when mm-hmm. they were taken into captivity. And uh, he, a lot of, uh, according to my sources, which I can't name right now because I don't have them in front of me. So <laughs> forgive me, is that um, um, he's writing a lot of this at the end of captivity. And he's an, he's an old, old guy, like, you know, mm-hmm. 70, 80 years old. And uh, uh, Ash, Ashpenaz. The chief of Nebuchadnezzar's officials is referred throughout Daniel as the chief official or the official. The Hebrew word is from a root word that means to castrate. So Hmm. likely Ashpenaz was the chief of the eunuchs. During this era, it was typical for the king's court and administration to be populated with eunuchs in order to guard against mutiny. That would infer that Daniel was not only uprooted from his home and exiled to Babylon, but he was also castrated. Oh. Ashpenaz was ordered by the king to choose the best and brightest of the people of Judah and train them in the literature and language of the Babylonians and train them such that they were worthy of serving the king. The coming back around to that picture of Babylon is, uh, and again, this might be a stretch, but just looking at our culture today, you're right. Babylon is not a place. Babylon is a, um, Oh my gosh, it can be any number of, you know, descriptive comparisons to, um, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. And that in our culture today, um, men are, come on, (laughs) you know where I'm going with this. I know where you're going with this. Okay. We're being, we're being castrated. Yes. And I'm not trying to toxic masculinity and yeah exactly yeah if you're a you know straight white male you're toxic and and in order they yeah society you know, this certain certain um uh parts of our culture now want to castrate that and right. uh and so there's a an uh, an unf- uh, a disturbing comparison to this uh, that um Again, I understand what you're saying that we're not calling the United States Babylon, but I, you're right. I think it is a spiritual place it and, is, and it yeah. is dark with an appearance of um, popularity and fame and riches and success and glory and money, you know, the guns, the golds and the girls yeah. and the glory without any kind of moral restraint, without right. God without any responsibility. And, um, that's, that's what happens. But, you know, I'm thinking too, at the risk of going off on a a, a tangent, but here you talked earlier about, uh, the violence that, that, um, represented Babylon. Um, and I think that's another, Peace. That's something I saw in myself, and actually, the the message of the great renewal has begun to rescue me from that. Um, religion, 
with just unhinged violence um, and the kind of tying of those two things together, you know, prior to hearing the message of the great renewal, like I'm a straight white male, I own guns, whatever, you know, but prior to uh, 2020, I was angry. You know, I had my own political leanings and I was gunning up waiting for, you know, the unruly masses to come marching down my street. And, um, you know, there's a large, there's a vocal segment of, you know, conservative Christianity in the United States that believes that is good and right. And we should all, you know, own all the guns. And I'm, you know, I'm not anti-gun by any means. I still own guns. I'm not selling any of my guns, but I'm no longer angry and I'm no longer looking forward to doing violence on my enemies because that's not who our king was. You know, Eden is a place of peace. It is a place of presence and it is a place of security. It's possible to have peace and security all at the same time. You know, that's, I, I think maybe getting off onto a, a tangent there, but, uh, just to say that Eden rescues us from that um, that violence, you know, the violence that lives in us that then manifests, you know, and we justify it with the fact that we, you know, have a Bible in one hand and a gun in the other. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? I hope I'm not. No, I know exactly what you're saying. And not until because, yeah, you and I, we've been friends for like 25 years. So, yeah. and people who stay friends that long have a lot of things in common and yeah. agree most of the time on pretty much 99.9% .9 of whatever we're talking about and whatever's happening. Yeah. So that being said, <clears throat> you're the one that introduced me to that message by John Eldridge, yeah, our ambivalence toward the return of Christ. And a lot of people don't want him to come back because they, they, we have been um, lulled to sleep and... Um, painted or not painted, but uh, given, you know, the matrix pill that we're all going to be swept off and our hard drives wiped and live on a fluffy cloud with a harp. And, um, none of that is true. None of it. And, um, when you get that message and it's incredibly good news, it yes. is the best news of the gospel I've ever heard is that he's not going to destroy the earth. You know, the system yeah. of Babylon will crumble, but Eden yes. never will. And right. that is a place of, of of eternal life, of no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more death, no more prejudice. Yes. None of those things that plague mankind now. And uh, to live forever on his good, good earth with our good, good father. Um, my gosh. And it's one of those things that when it clicks, you can't unclick it. And it is in the Bible. It's woven from the very beginning to the last page of Revelation. Yes. And I would encourage anyone to pursue it and to go to John Eldridge podcast of our ambivalence. It's like what a fourth, it's a five part series. Five part series uh, from September and then the first episode of October of 2020. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, I'm telling you that, that was the um the pivot point yeah. yeah that's what changed everything for both of us and changed me and i probably listened to it i don't know more than a dozen times a lot. Every, every now and then i'll cue it up again and yep. um, it, um and it's not a new message it's not this radical you know out of left field message and but a lot right. of people oppose it and 
But then you start looking, you listen, you know, and he quotes people like C.S. Lewis, J.R. Tolkien, even Jonathan Edwards. <clears throat> and then he starts going in through the scriptures and it's very evident that yeah. Eden is coming. Eden has always been God's design. And that's yes. why in Revelation, he says the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Yeah. And so he's always had a rescue plan to rescue us out from Babylon. Yeah. And that, that's that one choice from that one tree. It has brought such violence to the earth and um, it's to the point where God joined himself with humanity. I wrote this yeah. morning in our devotion is that he joined himself with humanity. He became human and yeah. he, and he never considered equality with God, something to be considered. So he lived by faith. So we could live by faith. Yes. And yet and he never, never sinned. And he, right. he, he was crucified as a human, rose as a human, you know, hung out with his friends as a human, ascended to the throne as a human. And again, this may be controversial, but I believe it. He's still human sitting yes. at the right hand of God. Why um, wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he be? He's coming and, back as a man. They, the, yeah. the angel said this, he will come back the same way you saw him go. He ascended with a body. He is going to come back with a body. And, you know, Paul makes it very clear in First Corinthians and other places that uh, our bodies will be transformed to be like his glorious body. All the redemption, all the healing, all of the provision and prosperity and peace and all the other P words I can think of are all ours as a result of being united with Christ, embracing Eden, turning our back on Babylon, which wants right. all the stuff without the God. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the best news that could ever be newsed. I, I, you're right. And I, I love And it makes it easier to live now. Yes. Because who we are now will be who we are then. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're not, it's not going to be this giant, you know, memory wipe. Right. You know, and uh, I love what you, you've said several times, you know, it's the kingdom that Bab, the Babylonian empire, it's, you know, it's, it's been judged. God poured right. out his wrath on sin and all of those things. It just hasn't fallen over yet. And I think you said at one time, said it's like the Titanic and it's yeah. surround, it's surrounded by rescue ships and fleets and helicopters and lifeboats. And um, it's still floating, but you can get off any time. Yeah. But people refuse, yeah. you know. That's Babylon. Is yeah. that we can you can get off any time. So the the whole uh, oh gosh the whole impetus and motivation for bringing this message is to get people off the Titanic, yeah. get off, yeah, and and step into Eden now, Eden now, Eden now. The system is sinking and right. God's judgment. He has already judged right. the Babylonian system. <clears throat> it's done. Like that system is dead and we only have to make a choice to just turn and follow Jesus. Like there's no perfect way to do it. None right. of us are perfect, but just that decision, I will follow Jesus. The disciples, Jesus said, follow me. And they did. And they right. made a lot of mistakes along the way, but they learned Jesus and they made it, you know, and now they're part of that great cloud of witnesses that we are waiting to return with Jesus. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, 
it's the easiest and most profound, but maybe the most elusive choice in the world. So many wow. people just miss it. You know, I heard somebody say, you have to squeeze past the cross to get to hell. Like Jesus has made it so available to us. That's, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, and you and I both experienced this after we had been Christians for a very long time. You know, yes, it's the yeah. born again, and, again experience, mm -hmm. and it has it's it's stuck. It's changed. It's uh, I mean, it's been over two years. Yeah, and uh, it, it has la it launched this podcast. It's um, you know, it's we've been steady Eddie on devotions that we do every single day, and I've always been wanted to be one of those guys that you know. <clears throat> He loves studying the word and gets into the Bible, you know, and because um, I would hear preachers and evangelists, you know, and talk about their love of the word. And I always tried, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. And I always stayed with it, but became more of a chore, you know, like religious yeah. wrote. <clears throat> and um, that, that was the one thing that changed everything. And the more time that uh, I know that for you and I, the, that we spend in it, the more alive it becomes. And yes. it, I, I mean, it is a beautiful, I mean, there's a reason it's been on the bestseller list for hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, come on, right. you know, it's the most authenticated piece of literature on the planet. That's, you know, it absolutely is. That's a scientific is. fact. It, absolutely. That's, people are wanting to follow the science. That's a scientific fact. Yeah. Yeah. Historically, archeologically. Um, yeah. It, it, uh, it stands. Yeah. So, it does. Yeah, Eden is coming, and God is not mad. God is not mad at us. He's not no. mad at you. He's not mad at your family. He's not mad. Like, he's not. Jesus finished it. And right. all we have to look forward to now, if we choose it, is goodness and grace and mercy and blessing from God. There may be some hard times between now and the end of the story, but... That's that's what's waiting for us is yeah, Eden, goodness that Eden. we can't imagine. It's Eden. Eden is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's one of, it's yeah, it's one of those paradoxes. It's kind of, we are Eden now and e because Eden is coming. So yes. that's how we are who we are now, so we'll be who we are then. Absolutely. So, love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Love it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Um, if you like this, please click the little like button and actually like it. Um, we would love it if you would subscribe. Check us out on uh, any place where you find podcasts now. Um, that's kind of a cool development. And you can reach out to us at info at the um, We're Yeah, we're not scholars or theologians. We're just two guys that love and have been changed uh by god and we want to share that with everybody that we possibly can so yeah yes all right thank you so much we'll talk to you next week